Hi there, we're back with Sonia Grace. I'd like to bring on the stage one of the most delightfully wonderful anti-demagogues you will ever meet from the <laughs> realms of the land of Allah. Everybody, Sonia Grace. And humans. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey. Hi. 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 My name is Sonia Grace. I'm a mystic and a healer, and I'm presenting a workshop today that is about demigods, aliens, and humans, and what the cosmic connection is between the three groups. I'm going to be taking you into grounding and a meditation. I'm also going to have. Yeah. Um, and, and exercise in that meditation that we're going to do to help you sort of get a little bit deeper with things that will um, be revealed that you need to know. And then I'm also going to work with you with protection. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, humans came to Earth in my research about 20 million years ago. And we are an alien species. When we came here, we came from way out in the universe and we were a very young species. And so the development of us, of our species, has been through phases. And in these phases, demigods have come down to Earth and created different civilizations. For example, when Atlantis and Lemuria fell, you know, comet, big comets hit the earth about 12,800 BC. And, you know, the earth just totally changed. Huge land masses broke off. Every volcanoes, earthquakes, flooding, it happened. And at that time, we had an ice age. And around 10,000 BC, the ice started to recede. Portals opened up, huge portals all over the world. It's like a signal. Remember in Batman, how the bat sign shows on the sky? It's like the earth signaling to the heavens. Okay, it's time for a new phase of humanity. And that's what happened. All the demigods come down the Norse gods, the Mayan gods, the Tibetan gods, the Hopi gods, the Egyptian gods, they all come through and they all influence that group of people in that area and part of the world. So what's important here is this has been going on for 20 million years. This is not just this phase of humanity that we're in. We're in it. We're coming to the end of it, which is why a lot of people in, want to in, find in. their spiritual truth. They want to find, you know, why am I here? What is my purpose? Um, what are we doing? And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, well, actually all of you came through, maybe with the exception of you, mm -hmm. all of you came through during Atlantis or Lemuria. And all of you made that agreement, okay, I'm going to do this human thing. I'm going to reincarnate over and over and over again and help evolve the human race. 
So that's really what we've been here doing. The problem is, is that we all have a whopping case of amnesia when we reincarnate. So we come in not remembering where we've been. And that's a little difficult because we get feelings about it. We look at a picture in a magazine and it's, you know, say a picture of, of, Egypt, of Egypt and we go, oh, I have to go there. We're like obsessed with everything about Egypt. Why? Because you have past lives there. I mean, th those are the things that really dial us in to what is happening karmically for us is at least we have these recognitions. We know how we're connected to things because we see it or someone connects or shares something with us. A lot of times humans get mistaken that we are here because of each other, because that we're here because our connection, our soulmate is why we came here. It has partly a little bit to do with that, but most of all, the reason we're here is her, is the earth. We all have a relationship with this planet, and she is a magnificent being. She is just incredibly powerful, benevolent, and just because her body is round doesn't make her anything different. She is a being. And she is, in my words, a goddess. And I, um, I feel that that's our lesson or purpose in being here is to connect, to have a relationship with the planet. Um, in this process of humans and, you know, what we're doing and cross-pollination, Yes, the gods, I don't know if you know Norse mythology, but the gods would come down and take human form and they would walk among the people and they would sleep with the women or the men and they would have relations with them. And this is true of, of all demigods. They have a really strong relationship with the people. The Pleiadians, I, I consider demigods. They help develop the area, Salisbury Plain, where Stonehenge is. They helped build and develop Tawanaku. They, the Pleiadians have a huge, huge influence on Earth and on humans. And they consider us their children. So as you think about all of that and that you actually may have some, you know, demigod DNA running through your your system, which I'm sure you do. Um, it is also to be noted that the demigods are benevolent beings. <laughs> when I see them, and I do see all levels of the spirit plane, I see angels and demigods and uh, guides. I also see entities and demons and aliens. I remove implants from people all the time. I see all levels of the unseen world. And when this happens and we are in the process of, you know, trying to figure out, well, what is it? Well, first of all, demigods are huge. They're like 16 feet high. They're huge and they are quite benevolent. And they are right up there with angels, and they're right up there next to God, creator, the goddess, however that 
word gets used for you. So they're very benevolent beings. And, you know, last year I created um, Odin and the Nine Realms. This is a, an oracle deck. And the reason I created it was it was so odd. Um, we went to Norway and I went to visit a stone circle called Stoppelsteinen. And I was really excited to go there because before we went a couple of years back, I spirit traveled or time traveled to Stoppelsteinen. And it was then that I experienced this was in fact the very portal that the Norse gods used to come through and then develop Scandinavia. So I told my husband, we have to go there. I have to see it. So we went to Stoppelsteinen and I went through to the, um, yeah, went into the stone circle and I activated the portal and there they came. Good for you. I mean, it was like, whoa, all the Norse gods started coming through this portal. And they told me that they they were so happy that this happened because it was time for them to come back, that they were coming back to help humanity. And what I find really interesting is not only did I create this for them to help them to come back, but there's all kinds of shows. I mean, there's the Vikings. We're watching this show right now called Ragnarok. That's all in Norwegian with, you know, English dubbing. There's all this stuff coming out. And I know it's because they're coming back and people are picking up on that. And they are, um, you know, saying, okay, they're coming back. The Pleiadians came to me a couple of weeks ago and said, we're coming back. It's time for a new phase of humanity. And they, their message was really interesting. They said, yes, we consider all of you our children, and we're proud of you on many levels. Exactly. But there are things that humans have created that could really, really harm the earth. And our first and foremost concern is the earth. And they said, as long as humans help themselves and do the work, actively get involved and do the work, we are there and we're there to help. But if humans are not doing the work and they're being really complacent and, you know, like brain dead, um, they're, you know, it's like they told me a lot of people are going to leave the planet this year, a lot. And, you know, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom or fatalistic, but I do feel this year of all years is about the earth. She's going to change. She's making the same change as you are. She is getting consciousness even more than what she has. Hard to imagine, but she is. And so she's going to move and shake and blow her top and do a whole lot of stuff. And we just have to be ready for it because we're visitors here. We're not, you know, uh, trees growing out of her soil. We're really extraterrestrials in some nature. Inside of us, our soul body is infinite. We have an infinite soul body. So that means you always have been and you will always be. And the attachment that you feel 
being in a physical form is just that. It's an attachment. But your natural state of being is in spirit form. So it, you know, yes, I don't want to hurt my body or fall down or whatever. But in the long run, you know, there is just a transition. We call it death, but it's just a transition. So this human experience that we're having, we have experiences of running into aliens or having a sighting of a UFO or maybe we, you know, we think we saw something or, you know, there's lots of people out there who have really major like abduction or contact type experiences. And some people, they've seen a ship. That's it. Some people haven't seen anything at all. And it's all good. But the point is, is that the aliens and the alien life forms are to me, in my research, very similar to humans. They have an agenda. They come here for water. They come here for natural resources. They come here to harvest whatever from us because they need to create hybrids because they lost their planet and they have nowhere else to go. But there are people that are coming here, people meaning aliens, they have human form. Some of them are in spirit form. Some of them have no form and then they can take shape and they have form. A lot of aliens like to step into human bodies, which is another thing I want to talk about in terms of protection. Because we as people have free will. What's the free will card get you? It gets you out of jail. <laughs> the free will card is about being able to say no. This is my body. You have no right to it. See ya. Okay? And that's with the menacing type of aliens like greys and reptilians and the ones that like to, you know, be kind of nasty little spuds. There are some good aliens out there, but I have found the ones that I've run into or had contact with that are good, um, they don't mess with us. It's kind of like one of those Star Trek episodes where they kind of come in and observe what's going on and then they leave. Those are the good ones. They're not coming here and trying to, you know, take things from us or control us in some way. But when the Pleiadians were talking to me, they told me that they wanted to show me something. And they took me on what I call a spirit travel, where I actually time travel or go out into the universe. And we toured just the galaxy. And I, I say that so casually, but it was kind of like, whoa, we're out here. Like, psh, we were out there. And they showed me planet after planet after planet of alien life form that was being held as slaves. They were enslaved. They were being tortured. They had horrible conditions. And I looked at this, and when we came back, they said, we showed you all of this so that you would go back and tell humanity how lucky they are 
and how good they have it. And I was like, wow, I was not expecting that at all. You know, I really wasn't. I mean, they're, they're highly intelligent beings, but the fact that they're still enslaving and, you know, and causing aliens to be harmed in some way. I mean, it was, it was definitely an eye opener. So aliens come in all different sizes and shapes and they have a really interesting agenda. Some of them want to, you know, as we said, put implants in you. What are implants? Implants are like these little tiny metal. I, I, I remove energetic implants and they're like highly, highly, um, what's the word where, where the technology is so advanced. I can actually reach in and take it out. They're super, super like advanced. And the ones that I remove are usually in the brain or the ears, the eyes, the nose, the throat, the heart, fingers. And, you know, people ask me all the time, what are implants for? What are they doing? They're, they're keeping track not only of where you are, but they're keeping track usually of multi-generations. The mom, the daughter, and the granddaughter. And a lot of times, this is all about the aliens wanting to learn more, gather data, gather tissue samples, put in implants so that there is no pregnancy or cause pregnancy so they can take the baby. I've seen all of that happen. And I've seen, you know, many, many clients who have gone through really hard stuff. I had a client the other day call me and say, I have a scar on my leg like a cut and she said to this day I have no idea where it came from who did surgery on me or why so I took her into a session and we did a whole process around it and it all came back to her and it was really powerful it was so powerful to have that knowledge and to understand what happened to her and why okay so the difference between demigods, aliens, and humans. Demigods are benevolent beings. Aliens have different agendas. There's still an agenda there. Angels don't have agendas. They just come to help. No agenda. Angels. Demigods, they want to help humanity. Aliens, ah, varies. Good ones, sort of good ones, really bad ones. You know, there's a gamut. People, can I say the same thing? Good ones, bad ones, there's an agenda. Yeah, I can, but you know what I'm going to say about people? No matter who people are, no matter where they're from, no matter how rotten they are or how wonderful they are, everybody has emotional wounds. Everybody has karma. Karma is unresolved emotional wounds from past lives and this lifetime. So everybody has karma. And I'm telling you, from the moment you're born until the moment you die, you are doing nothing but working through your karma. That's it. Everything is karmic. So we have this huge plate in front of us 
that is, you know, set out with, okay, so I have abandonment, I have betrayal, I have, uh, uh, you know, resentment, anger, I have all these emotional things that I've brought with me from past lives. And that's the stuff that I get to deal with in this life. Does it mean it runs my life or rules my life? No, what it means is that I'm going to create situations where I feel abandoned or betrayed or I'm angry or resentful, et cetera, et cetera. And you guys were really clever. I mean, as humans, we're like super, super clever because we'll incarnate as a man in one life somewhere on the other side of the planet. And then the next life will incarnate as a woman in a completely different country with a completely different family, but we have the same issues going on. Different time period, different body, different gender, different culture. So when you get that part figured out, you know, I do past life readings. I take people back where they came from, what happened and what needs to be cleared. And then we go in and we clear it karmically. The reason that that this is important is because this is why we're here. We're like trying to work out this karma. Because remember back in Atlantis when it fell, we all signed that little paper that said, yes, I will do the next phase of humanity and I will help evolve the human race. So we are in a time where we're starting to merge all these things together. There's more alien sightings. There's more UFO sightings. There's stuff that's being revealed. People are getting more and more information. And the demigods are coming back. Well, they really never left, but, you know, people are starting to become aware more. And humans are evolving. But we're at a critical point because in this fifth dimension that we're in, this higher frequency, we are not going to move forward unless we energetically change our vibration. That's what that's all about. Remember I said 20 million years ago, that's when humans came to earth. We were still in the fourth dimension. We didn't leave the fourth dimension until the end of the Mayan calendar, which was what? Six years ago. How many years? 2012. I'm behind so this is this is the end I mean that's why the mind calendar ended is because we were leaving a dimension that we had been in since we know our, our, our time on earth the whole time so this is completely new to us I mean we're all like trying to figure out okay am I how do I do this How many of you have experienced time and space being a little bit weird for you? Mm -hmm. How many of you experienced, especially eight years ago, even five years ago, weird body pain, like unexplainable body pain, neck pain, a lot of spine stuff, tailbone, This is all this frequency change. This has a lot to do with all the frequencies that are shifting and increasing. And every day, it gets more and more intense. Every day, it increases. 
because, okay, if this is the fifth dimension and we just entered here, look at how far we have to go. We're, we're like bare, barely in it. So by the time, you know, we get to here, it's going to be a, a pretty high vibration. We can do it. We can do it. We can get Nikes and do it. <laughs> we can do it. But we have to remember that it is the work that you do on the inner that helps you to raise your frequency. It's not anything. Yes, we can take yoga and we can exercise. We can watch our favorite movie. We can laugh a lot. We can tell each other jokes. It's all good. It raises our, our energy. But the real work to doing that is on the inner so I want to talk to you and take you through my grounding meditation. And I want to, I'm going to do a clearing on everybody. And I want you guys to, um, I'm going to explain the, the grounding first. Okay. So <clears throat> does everybody know your chakras? Yeah. First chakra is where we sit. Second chakra, third chakra, fourth heart, fifth throat. Sixth, third eye, seventh, top of the head. We're going to start at the first chakra. And you all know what it's like. Well, men, of course not. But, you know, a skirt. When you pull a skirt on, we're going to it's, imagine this cone of energy like it's a skirt really low on your hips. And it flares out. The cone goes down to the center of the earth. So it's kind of like a skirt almost right around your hips. Then there's a second cone right at the belly, at the second chakra, it will go over that one and, and going up the third here. When we get to the fourth, they go inside. Okay, I'm just letting you know, I'm gonna talk you through it. The cones can be any color, they can be clear. Um, most importantly, we want that cone of energy to go deep into the earth. Why? Because your energy is meant to be connected to her energy. We have this habit of letting our energy leap out of our body and connect with like energy. So if Kelly's angry and I kind of dial into it and I go, yeah, I'm angry too. And our anger, like it's like this fusion thing going on. You know what we're really doing? We're creating more karma. That's the karmic hookup right there. Because karma is unresolved emotional wounds. So I'm dialing into her anger. She's dialing into my anger. And our energy is totally going back and forth. And, you know, there goes the karma wheel. It just starts spinning. So we have to learn to ground that stuff. Yes, we have to feel our feelings. Yes, we have to process, process and release those feelings. But we really need to ground that energy, those feelings, into the earth. Because she can take it. She's expecting that from you. But she also really wants you to receive her energy into your body. And remember, we have an electromagnetic field. So, of course, she wants you to receive her energy. So we're going to close our eyes. We're going to go into meditation. And I will clear everyone while we're in meditation and then we're going to do a little bit of a process, okay? 
So get comfortable. Take a couple of deep breaths. And I want you to feel where you're sitting on the chair. And from that place in your first chakra, low on your hips, create a cone of energy that goes all the way down, deeper and deeper, further and further, all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. Go into your second chakra. Create a second cone of energy that goes over the first cone all the way down, deeper and deeper, further and further, all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. Go into your third chakra, your solar plexus. Let it be like a clear, calm lake. And create a third cone of energy that goes over the first two cones all the way down, deeper and deeper, further and further, all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. And feel how that feels with those first three chakras really grounded. Feel the stability in your body, in your energy field. Go into your heart. Let your heart be like a three-dimensional sun with rays of love shining out towards others and rays of love shining in towards yourself. And create a fourth cone of energy that goes inside the first three cones all the way down deeper and deeper, further and further, all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. Go into your fifth chakra, your throat, let it be soft and supple and create a fifth cone of energy that goes inside the heart cone all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. Go into your sixth chakra, your third eye. Imagine that you're looking at a blank movie screen. Let your mind be quiet and create a sixth cone of energy that goes inside the fifth cone all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. Go into your seventh chakra. From the top of your head, create a seventh cone of energy that goes inside the sixth cone all the way down deeper and deeper further and further, all the way down to the center of the earth and ground it with a very large base. We're now connecting with our higher selves and with God and the goddess. And we're asking for the violet flame to transmute any negative energy, any negative thought forms from your bodies, your auric fields, and this room up into light and love. And just feel the energy come in. 
We're asking for the white light to descend. And again, saturate every cell and every molecule in your body, your auric field, and in this room. And the golden light of divine love, just feel that energy coming in. And the blue light of protection, and feel that coming in. And before we do a protection exercise i'm going to clear everyone so stay in your meditation you can drop deep into your belly into the hara which is an egg shape right next to kind of above the second chakra along the vertical power current it's just an egg shape in there let your consciousness let all parts of you drop into that space it's very quiet it's very very expansive it is your doorway to the infinite. Okay, dropping down into your first chakra, I want you, I want you to go into your first chakra and I want you to listen for what the message is. Usually this is not like a, oh, I'm so cool kind of message. This is a core wound. This is a, a, each chakra holds a core statement and I want you to find what that core statement is for you in your first chakra. It might be something like, you know, I'm always alone or, you know, I'm not worthy. I, it can be a lot of things. Let it come to you what that is and feel that message in there. Note what it is. If you have found that message, just raise your hand so I can see where you guys are. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want you to experience that message, whatever it is, as an object. See what it is as an object in that first chakra. Maybe it's a, a rock, maybe it's a, a piece of wood. It's something there symbolically representing that message. And I want you to imagine yourself sitting in front of you like you're looking in a mirror. And I want you to reach into your body in that first chakra and wrap your hands around that object, that core statement. And I want you to fill it up with love. And while you're look, sitting there in front of you, I want you to look yourself in the eyes and say, I love you. I forgive you. 
Please forgive me. And now I want you to find a statement that really resonates with you that you are going to put into that first chakra. Maybe it's, I am worthy of love. Maybe it's, I deserve to manifest what I need. Whatever that statement is that really feels good to you, I want you to put that statement in there. Replace what you just dissolved. Good. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Good. You know, when I teach meditation retreats, we have four days where we sit in meditation and we do a lot of processing. And this exercise I'm doing with you is much longer and more involved. But I wanted you to have the experience of finding what is that core statement you're holding in that first chakra. The first chakra is all about food and clothing and survival issues, right? I got a car, I don't have a car. I got a house, I don't have a house. It's like, you know, it's all about our survival. So if you have a statement in there that is, you know, I am not worthy, I don't deserve that, then guess what is going out into the universe from your first chakra? No, I am not worthy of that. So this is how we change that message. But it's super important that you that you get in there and you dissolve that message, that first message you got. And most importantly, that you forgive yourself. I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. That, I mean, that's like every day in the mirror. Close your eyes. See yourself. That's every day. And that forgiveness exercise, in my opinion, should be done with everybody and start with all your enemies first. Start with the people you don't like. Start with the people that you have a really hard time with. Ooh, that's fun. Because you have to look that person in the eyes and say, I love you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. And feel it in your soul body. Feel it. Don't do it as a mental thing. We say, oh, I forgive you all the time. Oh, yeah, I forgave him. You know, and it's it's really from here. And, it's, it, and that's not where that should come from. It needs to come from here. Forgiveness is super powerful. In 39 years of doing work with people day in and day out, millions of people over the phone, I can tell you that the one thing I experience the most from the spirit world is people coming through and saying, please, can you tell Jimmy I'm sorry? Please, can you ask mom to forgive me? Tell her I forgive her. That's the whole thing over there. That's what they want. They want to know that they're forgiven. It's like it frees them. But we're supposed to actually do all that here. We're supposed to do that work here. Meanwhile, we're like totally distracted. (laughs) It's like, oh, I'm on my phone. 
Oh, you know, the aliens just came. Oh, I got, right, I have to go to the store. I got to pick up the kids. We're like super, super crazy busy. And we don't think about like forgiving each other really enough, in my opinion, because we, because we're so like in the phone, we're so seriously, we, we have this relationship and yet, you know, all of your screensavers should say, I forgive you. (laughs) That'd be a great reminder. And I'm not trying to say, you know, that, that, that you guys don't practice that. I would like to see that more in the world. And I would like to see all of us, you know, sort of helping people get there because we need it really bad right now. Um, as far as protecting yourselves, because we talked about kind of some gnarly things with aliens, and I have a great story for you. I had a client back in Ohio. He's like this 250-pound guy, and, you know, he puts in pools and spas, and he's like he's a big guy. And he had an implant in his arm. And I said, okay, I'm in, I, was, I was living in Oregon at the time. I said, okay, well, let me take it out. So doing my work that I do long distance, because I'm an energy surgeon, right? I go in and repair tissue and work on hearts and do triple bypasses. And, you know, I go in and do all this work on people. I take out implants. So I reached into his arm. I started to take the implant out. He started screaming. <laughs> I'm like, why are you screaming? He goes, it really hurts. I'm like, oh, my God. So I took it out, and he was fine. He stopped screaming. And um, I went to, that night I went to the store, and I had to go get groceries, and I came home. It was pseudo-dark. It was, like, right at dusk. And I was getting out of the car, opening up the back of the car to get the groceries, and I could hear them. And the aliens telepathically said to me, you have no right to take that out of him. And I turned around and I looked up and I could see the outline of a ship. And I could see a light on the ship that was like frantically moving around. And I was like, oh, there they are. So I looked right up at them and I said, you had no right to put that in him. You had no right at all. So you need to take your business somewhere else. And I said some other colorful phrases I won't repeat. And literally the ship went straight up. And this happens to me all the time because I work on people and, you know, have take, remove implants, take stuff out. I have a couple of brothers that constantly are getting implants from Grays because they were abducted, both of them, as children. And I will wake up in the middle of the night and they're standing there, you know, because they're not happy with me. So I protect myself. And this is what I wanted to share with you. If you happen to be in a situation where you need to be protected, again, we don't have to live in fear. We just simply have to understand that we need to be protected from this stuff. So ask for the blue light of protection. Surround your body. Ask creator. Send the blue light of protection down. Especially if you do the meditation, great time to do it. Then ask for the silver light to go around that. And then ask for the gold light to go around that. Okay, so you're walking around in this cool bubble of blue, silver, and gold. 
you're surrounding your house in blue, silver, and gold. And this has been one of the best protections that I've found that we can use when I do this with my home. And God knows I have a lot of them watching me and trying to, you know, harass me. I, I do this protection around my home. And so far, knock on plastic, it works. All right. So that's your protection with all this alien talk. Um, there are good aliens. I have met one set of aliens that were quite lovely. They were very small, like children. They're about this high. And I was teaching a meditation retreat in Oregon. I think I was on day three. And when I do these retreats, I take everybody into ceremony. So it's super intense. Everybody's energy kind of consciousness gets altered naturally. No drugs, no alcohol. We just, you know, get altered. And, um, and I, I was tired. I, I told my husband, I need to lie down and just kind of rest for a little bit. We had this travel trailer, so I'm lay, I'm laying down. I'm not asleep, but I'm kind of like relaxed. And all of a sudden I felt my body just go. And I felt myself like literally going through the wall of the trailer. It was weird. And when I came down onto my feet, I was on a metal, like a metal ramp. No ability to stop this. I mean, literally, like I'm going, and and they walked me up. I felt I heard the ramp lift, sat me in a seat, strapped me in, little guys, and I'm like, I am teaching a retreat. I need to be somewhere. What are you doing? I was like totally freaked out, and they said this will only take a moment, and I'm like. Oh my God. And the ship went up. We, I'm looking out the window going, you know, like I'm off the earth. And, and we went around the backside of the moon and I looked out the window and there it was, it was all lit up a giant space station. And I had that aha moment of, Oh my God, there's a space station on the backside of the moon. Of course there is. And I looked at them and I said, who are you guys? They said, we wanted you to see that. And I said, well, thank you. And I said, who are you? And they said, you can call us Newton. I said, like the cookie, like Newton, what do you mean? I know. And they said, they said, the last time we came to earth, we imparted knowledge to Sir Isaac Newton. And we've come back now to give knowledge to another scientist on earth. And I said, hallelujah, because we need it. I'm really glad. They had no interest in interfering with humans. They had no interest in, you know, bothering us in any way. They were quite lovely. And within, you know, a matter of that fast, we were back. Boom, I was back lying down and they were gone. That is my pleasant experience to share with you. Um, I think that, you know, the more that we ground in that grounding meditation that we just did, the more that you ground your energy and really connect it with the earth energy, um, the better you're going to be in this transition that we're going through and with all the energy that's coming in. So just for fun, I want to do one thing with you that is... Um, 
kind of a an earth you know hello earth of two person so if you close your eyes <laughs> excuse me and and feel that first chakra again and feel that cone of energy going down into the earth from your first chakra don't send the chakra anywhere don't you know keep your chakras where they are <laughs> send the cone of energy down to the center of the earth and then I want you to ask for earth energy to rise up the cone and then feel that earth energy spinning around inside the chakra, picking up anything that doesn't need to be there and then release it back down to the earth. And if you have pain in a particular part of your body, you know, you've got, let's go into the second chakra. We'll do it there. You have stomach problems. Feel that second cone going down over the first cone. Make sure it's really grounded into the center of the earth. And then feel earth energy coming up the cone. And feel it swirling around in that second chakra. Picking up anything that doesn't need to be there. And release it back down into the earth. This is something that you can do through all of your chakras. You can clean everything out and release it back down into the ground. Okay, coming back up to your eyes. So going back to this, um, you know, relationship that we have with demigods, with aliens, and with ourselves. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, we're ascending, we're, we're moving into something that is quite spectacular. I, I, I think we are moving into something spectacular. But I'm the kind of person that if I know I'm moving into something, I'm going to have a flashlight. <laughs> I'm going to have a tent. <laughs> I'm going to be ready. You know, and that's that inside work. That's knowing who you are on the inside. Your soul body, which is inhabiting your body, that's you. Your soul body is you. And your soul body is the only one who should inhabit your physical form. That's your body. And that's that free will card I talked about one of the monopoly game cards <laughs> you have free will you can say no people call me all the time I've got something in my house I know it's alien it's trying to get me whatever whatever boy stand up turn the lights on stomp your foot and say no you have no right this is my body because it's true that, that is the gift to being human. We have free will. Yeah. So be firm. We tend, to, we tend to be, you know, we have such a pattern through history of being either the victim or the perpetrator. We call them bullies now. We have this pattern of that. So it's really easy for us to kind of slide into, oh, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. You know, it's like, oh, my God, 
go take a, you know, karate class and get in your body, you know, get mad, say no, because it'll help. It'll help. I knew a woman once who was being followed by a guy in Seattle. It was nighttime and she knew she was going to get mugged. I mean, it was like totally that vibe. He was behind her. And he's following her, and she's trying to figure out what to do. She keeps moving and changing, you know, going down the street, and he's, like, staying right with her. And finally, she jumped and turned around and took the stance. She goes, you better look out. I know aerobics. (laughs) And the guy just busted out laughing and just shook his head and walked away. But I ha- that's, that's the thing with aliens, you know, like, you better look out. I know aerobics, right? So there are times, you guys, when we have these experiences where we see ships or we have some kind of, you know, dream, something comes into your dream. All of that stuff is really important. But you having clear boundaries, whether you're dealing with people or you're dealing with the unseen world, is very important and a lot of us don't grow up with clear boundaries a lot of us come from dysfunctional families yes we all have emotional wounds yes we're dealing with those emotional wounds all the time because we go into transference with each other we project them onto each other and most of the time it's very difficult to be present because we get triggered Somebody says something and you're like, why did they say that? Why are they talking about me? They weren't even talking about you, but you got triggered. So again, it is about us taking charge, grounding our energy, making that your first priority. Emotional stuff comes up. Okay, I feel triggered. I'm going to feel the feelings, I'm going to recognize that I'm triggered, and I'm going to release that down into the earth, down whatever chakra got activated, the third chakra, wherever it is. I'm going to ask for the blue light of protection to surround me and the silver light and the gold light, and I'm going to walk around in this fantastic blue bubble. (laughs) Okay? You tracking with me? Yeah? Okay. Now... Not to contradict what I'm saying, but I think it's always fun to throw the other card up in the air. One of the hardest things for us to do on planet Earth is to say, no. I surrender. Because we all really want to be in control. We want to control what happens. We want to control how it happens. We want to control who comes into our house. We want to control who drives our car. We want to control who's, you know, talking to our kids, whatever. It's like we want to be in control. And unfortunately, we're living in a very, very addicted world, addicted society. We're addicted to everything, food, shopping, you know, phones, alcohol, drugs, you name it. People are addicted. So out of that addiction, what happens? We end up wanting to control everything because we feel a little out of control. And one of the best things we can do is take whatever that is that you're worried about, whatever you're trying to figure out, and start a process of trusting that 
creator and the earth are much better producers, choreographers, and directors than any of us ever thought of being. And you have to give it up. You have to turn it over. You have to say, okay, enough. I have worried myself sick over this. Here, you take it, figure it out. Give me a call when you got it, right? Because you guys, we are not in control. Oh my God, we so think we're in control and we're not. And it's okay. It's okay. But that level of trust that you hear coming out of me is years of doing inner work. Years of talking to my inner child and holding her and telling her she's okay. She doesn't have to be afraid because I'm the adult and I'm going to take care of her. So, you know, it, it, I'm handing it back to you. It's like it really is up to us. We have to parent the inner child. We have to take care of ourselves and have clear boundaries. And we have to protect ourselves because, yeah, there's people around us that will protect us, but sometimes they're not around. And we have to protect ourselves, right? Okay. So I surrender. Woohoo. It's very freeing when you really let yourself get into that and say, I surrender. And you just let all that stuff go. Man, you'll feel really good. It's very freeing. Okay. Um, I am really, really grateful that you guys chose to come here instead of being at the Oscars. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for going into meditation with me and doing a little bit of work. Um, I really appreciate all that you did. And... Thank you, you guys. You were wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we got a lot to cover in the next 20 minutes. You guys going to hang in there with me for 20 minutes? Okay, so I was going through my presentations from past years, and I thought, oh, I haven't done this one in a while. And so that's what we're going to go through today. We're going to go through the curling and photography, the difference between fresh food, live food, cooked food, the difference between, say, oils, the difference between herbs, energetically. And this particular image is one that I really enjoy. It's the only one that exists, a curling photograph of an avocado. I am an avocado grower for 42 years. I've been growing avocados. And I started in Southern California, right on the border. Right on the border. I lived right across the street on Proctor Valley Road. I was on one side with my, my uncle and his family. And on the other side was a big ranch. And there was the border. There's the actual wall today. Oh, no. And back in 1978... 
we had a family that came across the border, Mexican family, and we took them in, and they're still there. <laughs> they're still there. And that was when we first started planting 